Welcome to today's episode where we discuss the most recent installments of a different series every show. Today we're reviewing the final season of Endeavor, the British detective drama created by Russell Lewis as a prequel to the Inspector Morse series. Endeavor first aired in 2012 and followed the early career of the eponymous detective in the 1960s, solving fictional crimes around Oxford University. The series has been widely acclaimed for its gripping storylines, strong performances, and attention to period detail. After eight seasons, Endeavor has come to a close with its ninth and final season, which consists of three episodes, the last of which is fittingly titled Exunt. It's Friday, March 17th. Let's begin. So in 2012, there were a lot of new pilots that came out, just like every year. But I was wondering, since you're such a movie or TV buff, whether or not you could tell me which of these hadn't come out. All right. So Endeavor, obviously. Right. Okay. House of Cards on Netflix. The Newsroom, HBO. Bates Motel, A&E. Arrow on The CW. Vikings, The History Channel. Schitt's Creek, CBC, which is a Canadian network. Mm -hmm. Elementary, CBS. Girls, HBO, or Line of Duty, BBC. I'm going to have to go with um, House of Cards. Yeah. No, House of Cards was definitely 2012. It was Shit's Creek. I think that came out a few years later um, in like 2015. But when I think of Endeavor, I really don't match it up with those other shows, probably because I didn't hear of it back then. Like I was only introduced to Endeavor a couple years <laughs> ago, but it was big from the start in the UK. I always saw the poster for it on streaming service. In fact, I even remember I watched the first season to it, I think like a couple years ago, maybe four or five years ago. Did that help when you jumped into this season? Actually, no. What was funny was that I was thinking even while watching this and just plans never came to be, I was like, maybe I should also just watch the second season just to make sure. And had I done that, that actually would have helped a lot with this episode. Uh, or this season because this season focuses with a storyline that was actually introduced and I did have to do some research because they continually were talking about it this season with a storyline that was uh, introduced in the second season called the Blenheim Vale that yeah. was apparently a case okay that was like pretty huge so you went like hardcore in on the cases that he solved every single episode before we get into that I do want to talk about the in uh, the origins of Endeavor Morse the character um, and to do that, we have to turn to the crime writer who made it, Colin Dexter, who wrote the 13 Morse novels between 1975 and 1999. Right, because Endeavor is supposed mm -hmm. to be a prequel series to a different show, right? Obviously, Inspector yeah. Morse, yeah. So once that became a big hit, his books, it was adapted to the ITV television series that most people uh, who enjoy Endeavor are familiar with, called Inspector Morse, ran from 1987 to 2000, averaged 15 million viewers an episode, which I know back then, like X-Files was close to wow. 20 million but that's still a lot yeah and then it also got spun off into the lewis series which ran from 2006 to 2015 into the endeavor series you know mm -hmm. and then endeavor from 2012 to 2023 and about colin dexter i have a little three truth one lie game and i want to see if you can spot the lie mm -hmm. ready although dexter's military service was a morse code operator the character was named after his friend Jer sir jeremy morse a crossword devotee like dexter b uh, Dexter was in his mid-30s and a senior classics instructor when gradually he became aware that his students in his class were playing popular music at an ever-increasing volume. He was becoming deaf and had been unaware of it the whole time. Uh, he made appearances in all three of the shows before passing away in 2017. And then Dexter was known as a chain for his chain-smoking habit. 
which often left ash marks on the pages of his manuscripts. As a result, his editor had to work extra hard to decipher the text and fill in missing words. I feel like it's here the second or third one. I, I'm going to go with... Uh, Either the, that he's deaf or that he uh, made all appearances. In I'm going to go script. with that he made all appearances. Nope, that's absolutely true. In fact, they even had him make an appearance in the episode in the finale. Uh, he was in a picture, in a photograph. Oh, okay. But, like, he actually was in episodes earlier in the ser series before he okay, passed away. Okay, so then I'll just go with the college professor one. Nope, he, he was deaf, um, but Dexter was not known for a chain-smoking habit. So <laughs> D was the was the wrong answer, or the right answer. And, uh, yeah, so Colin Dexter, the inventor of uh, the character, however, Endeavor wasn't, there was no source material to base it off. They had mm. big shoes to fill going in, but Russell Lewis, the creator of the show, had to actually write all 36 episodes all 36 90 minute episodes um and none of them ended up with a lower than 7.6 rating on imdb wow that is so that is, an that is, that is something itself. to take on however he only had to write between three to five episodes per year so I, I guess that's a little different. But Endeavor still had big shoes to fill because it had to match up with its successor series, which, like Better Call Saul with Breaking Bad, you didn't know what you were going right. to get at first. And to do that, you'd have to be a really big fan in order to make sure you didn't miss any details. Also, Sean Evans, the guy who plays Endeavor, his casting was met with skepticism originally. Yeah, you I guess why. So, well, okay, you know oh, why. I, well, I don't know why I was just about to talk about him, but I would just guess people didn't feel like maybe the description of the character matched up with sure, him. Sure, because Inspector Morse was like this grumpy sleuth who was like good at his job, but like did not meet how they described him as uh, perky. <laughs> if I had to describe someone like that for this show, I would say it's Thursday, more like um, yeah. his partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that relationship was supposed to be symbiotic with the um, with the uh, the Lewis character <laughs> later on in the series. Thursday never appeared, obviously, in uh, Inspector Morse. That's why they had to sort of get rid of him by the end, and a lot of people were expecting him to die. Mm -hmm. But I hear that that did not happen. The other thing I just wanted to point out is obviously the show is based in Oxford, England. This season was 1972, so they've worked their way through the 60s, yep. kind of like Mad Men. Um, this constable Endeavor Morse is solving different types of crimes. They're not always murders, are they? Uh, I mean, at season, least, at least always... for this season, it is. And then usually murders. they also delve into a little bit of the social and political landscape that's going on at the same time. The legacy of the show, because it came out in 2012, um, is that like there have been so many British crime dramas that have come out, detective shows specifically, Broadchurch, Grantchester, The Missing, Happy Valley, Marcella, Collateral, Bodyguard, Killing Eve, The Bay, <laughs> Dublin Murders, Strike. Like We've done a few of those shows, and they're all pretty well-liked. All those, yeah, a lot of them are still continuing. Um, but yeah, let's let's go ahead and jump into these first three, or the, the final three episodes. Well, before we do that, I do want to just give away kind of my first pro, which is the fact that Sean Evans, I think he did, like, a great job this season as Morse in season nine. Like, I mean, I, I've only known him really from season one, and I thought that he was able to kind of get the job done uh, and, and was fine. But, like, in season nine, he really did prove me wrong. He he was, like, my favorite character to watch, and also I just So he's grown as a character. Job. Yeah, so, He's like, also more tortured from what I've heard. Yeah, he, you get like a lot of that this season, but start 
starting off was actually the first episode. It deals with a violinist. Uh, her name is Christina Poole, and she is harassed by an unknown source. And then there's also some murders uh, that happen, like Edward Thomas. He was a victim. Uh, they think it's because of heroin at the beginning of the episode. Also, at the beginning of the episode, we see um, not the murder itself happen, but the torture beforehand by someone named Mickey Flood, who is a police informant. And then uh, a main violinist, like 30 minutes into the episode, Margot is investigated by Morrison Thursday and uh and then we even get like kind of a flashback storyline I'm not sure exactly when it's supposed to be but like decades earlier with this person um named Rose Garland because apparently a lot of people who were part of this orchestra kind of grew up together in like an old girls catholic school and uh and different things like that um the first episode itself I actually was a little bit worried about because something about the first season of Endeavor was I actually wasn't a huge fan of it itself uh i think that like you know when it comes to the pacing also the hour and 30 minutes and the continually like having to pay attention to every scene you're going to miss something gets pretty daunting and melancholy after a while but overall i had that same type of feeling with episode one yeah it has the lowest rating prelude it has an 8.1 on imdb the only real fact i got about it was that again he was facing alcoholism and he said straight out i'm cured all right which was supposed to be some sort of reference to Kubrick's um, Clockwork Orange um, <laughs> because that the line there was like, I was cured, all right. And when the brainwashed Alex is starting to have violent or depraved tendencies again. Um, the, the Clockwork Orange comparison is definitely that comes going long to later come into on. Play. Yeah, way later But on. yeah, you're saying that this violinist dies and you mentioned an orchestra. Mm -hmm. I find that funny because the they've had the same orchestra play the theme and the music <laughs> for all of the entire uh, Endeavor Morse series like all 100 episodes if you combine oh, wow. all of them together they've had their own independent orchestra at oxford that like played them all which is crazy <laughs> i can't it's it's daunting but they like even had the uh, cast come in for the last episode and listen to them play the opening oh, because sometimes cool. like the opening even has like morse code in it because they're like that, really yeah. into the detective stuff. That Anyways, so like, yeah, how do they solve the crime? Is everything good by the end? Uh, I mean, for the most part. So it turns out that Margot was the lead violinist and someone decided to poison her rosin, which I think is what they claim. Her rosin. Yeah, they, what they claim the uh, the string for, for the violin yeah. with. Uh, I think she was like allergic to either nuts or strawberries and she ends up dying because of that. And we learned that um this was a pretty standard detective episode because it was just one of those ones where they go around to everybody and they interview them and they and they learn new cases about everybody and it turns out that uh it was Mavs just the second violinist who was always annoyed of being second fiddle to Margot even though she was friends with them and uh and and also Margot was the one that was harassing Christina Poole because like Christina would go into her room uh to kind of practice violin and always see on her mirror like the words bitch or something like that mm -hmm. kind of uh kind of uh, these characters don't come back into play in the next two episodes so they're yeah. like one-offs well that's the strange thing about this show if this was an american show even a case-by-week show i feel like whenever you get to really towards the end of the series they do kind of try and have a story arc and even though there is somewhat of a story arc throughout the season 
this show you mean or that the story arc involves everyone yeah as opposed to just kind of dismissing people and then never seeing them like again. for example in episode three it still does a case by week storyline even though that's the finale and mm-hmm. they spend a good chunk on it on that one as well which is just something i don't feel like you would see in an american tv show there's today. a couple other references like for instance the love interest i feel like they would have handled that but we'll touch upon that in a minute yeah get into episode two that's called uniform and it also reminded me of the sherlock episode where the guy was murdered because of his uniform mm-hmm. do you remember what yeah talking you're talking about, about season three where he gets, like, episode stabbed two. in the belt so yeah episode two was actually the first uh, the best episode i had seen of endeavor up until that point yeah because it was really funny and what i mean by that is that the main storyline is about and they even started off with an ad for this tv show that thursday is watching with his wife apparently it it deals with a uh it's like a case by week show but like again, it takes place in the '70s. It's a murder mystery show, mm-hmm. and it's in its final season. Obviously, being pretty meta to Endeavor itself. Yeah. But also, it deals with the Clockwork Orange. Like, yeah. Literally, the group, the Clockwork Orange, so much so that they wear masks. They recreate shots from the movie itself at the very beginning, where they're all walking in slow mo, and they even beat a homeless man up with cane with a, with canes and that's exactly what happens in clockwork orange the beginning scene i mean the show so. is no stranger to references illusions connections it always connects with itself but charles dickens sherlock shakespeare uh seven and in this case stanley kubrick yeah but besides clockwork orange what happens in the case to these students who are being accused of of murder right well yeah a murder they see that there was uh the homeless man that they beat up nearly to death um when morrison thursday investigated they see that there's a bottle in his neck like yeah. a broken bottle on his neck and then there's also a oh the po- pathologist realizes that right yeah that's max debrin he's actually a character in the later more series like one of the few that actually transcends into the next series. so i don't know if this is the case or not but debrin feels like one of those characters in the show that has like a huge fan base at least with him because he does feel like i guess if any character is the comic relief of this show probably that one okay so him endeavor and also jim strange are the three that are characters in the next in the in the inspector moore series so reginald bright who also is a character in this show he's not in the i other don't believe series. so yeah because one thing i didn't mention in the first episode is that reginald bright who i think has been in the show or a character in the show since the first season because i think i remember seeing him there he's talking about how he's going to retire and also talks to thursday about how thursday should think about retiring as well but actually uh there's another body that shows up like 20 minutes into the show of a cop named swan and so they're basically trying to figure out what's happening what i thought was smart about the second episode is is that this group is just like i said it's literally the clockwork orange and one thing i don't really like about case by week shows is that they always try to give you backstory on a ton of the victims or the murderers or whatever but since the clockwork orange is already such a known film and the characters themselves are already so identifiable like you didn't the show was like you know what you already know these characters we're not going to focus too much on them and they weren't like overutilized or anything and therefore i thought that since the villains were good that week or in this episode i thought the episode itself was pretty good as well but what ends up happening to them so there there is one uh member of a clockwork orange he has a stutter who has somewhat of a moralistic code um it turns out that the people that uh are the homeless person that they beat up at the beginning of the episode they didn't end up killing the person who ended up killing them 
um, was the main actor of the television show that you see, <laughs> which I found funny and I, g- I thought was a good gave a good sense of foreshadowing because the episode starts off with um, with like a 70s camera and it shows a dead body and then it shows the main character of the show stepping out of a car and being a detective and talking straight to the camera. So why did the actor kill him though? So the homeless person was actually his brother. Oh, and uh, and he thought that you know if the press came out that this show was ending and and apparently the brother and like his homeless crew would go to sets and like stuff their pants with a lot of the food and always just kind of wreak havoc and everything okay he just thought to himself you know like because he ended up going to uh where his brother lived or where his brother was staying at saw that his brother was kind of almost beaten nearly to death and was just like you know what i'm just gonna finish the job because i'm kind of i'm tired of this so so what would you rate this episode i would give it an eight out of ten another thing that he ended up doing though was that swan who was a police detective saw him show up to the investigation so he threw him off a roof made it look like a suicide wow, and this the... guy wasn't afraid to like cover his tracks yeah and the clockwork orange gang uh ended up oh they did end up killing someone as well they ran into a motorcyclist the motorcyclist didn't have his lights on so they dumped uh the car and yeah they ended up being arrested that was the end of the second episode at hmm. least well it's supposed to have also been a reference to the leopold and Loeb uh trial that happened in like the 1920s about these kids at the university of chicago who plotted and kidnapped and killed uh, this kid um and both ended up in prison one of them died early and then one of them died later on but uh that one's like a really famous trial in history well i know that two of the clockwork orange members like were just kind of very tight-lipped about it but it was really the person who had a stutter and one of the other group members who kind of sold out the whole group as to what happened um and also in the second episode that's when we get our first sense of the real danger that the blenheim avail case kind of holds because like i said blenheim Vale case uh showed up in season two from what I could gauge, it was a historic child abuse scandal. You're where talking about the Blenheim, right? Blenheim, That's how yeah. you pronounce it, I think. Okay, yeah, Blenheim uh, Vale, where it was like a child abuse scandal where like six, I think, boys at like this orphanage or abandoned orphanage as of now were sexually and physically abused. And then mm-hmm. there was also someone who named Andrew Lewis who was like looking for his mom and ended up dying. And then the mom ended up being dead as well. And, uh, and as Thursday and Morris are really looking looking into this case more and more bad things are happening in them for example morse was pulled over by two fake cops who you're not supposed to know are fake at the beginning of the scene but later on they start beating him up and just like breaking his like taillight on his car you're also getting intimidating him yeah you also get thursday getting phone calls from people we've seen throughout the season being like stay out of this case like it's not going to end up well for you so that was kind of also some foreshadowing happening in the second episode overall though i would give the second episode like an eight out of ten because again i thought that it was funny the fact that they made the murder the main character like a detective of a show it, it just i thought it worked out really well yeah well it's good it got an 8.7 on imdb and heading into the finale what were your thoughts uh just on the overall show what did you think that they were going to try to do did you have any expectations well i so like throughout the season especially because i only knew this was a prequel series but i didn't know that it was a prequel series to uh endeavor being still the main character in the new show or the story wow. i thought that endeavor might be like a side character like and Lewis? I was, yeah so i was like what, what are 
are they going to do? Obviously, these characters are having to come to their end. Reginald Wright, again, he is like someone who's like 70 or 80 years old in this show. I knew that we were probably going to get a final scene with him talking about his retirement. We obviously needed to get some on the Blenheim Vale uh, case. I didn't think, again, that we were going to get the case-by-week uh, mystery that we ended up doing, but I was like, I also want to see what's going to happen because a storyline I had not mentioned yet that's been throughout the whole season is... Um, the love interest, Joanne, is getting married to Jim Strange. Yeah, that feels and, like a fairly uh, significant one to fans. Yeah, and Morris apparently is going to be the best man, but he still has apparently liked Joanne, and I'm not sure if they ever used to have a thing or not. It didn't really seem that no, way. It's like a will they, won't they that lasted nine seasons, and I give it credit. Like, if you bring it over to the office, we what we'd get, like, two seasons before <laughs> Jim made his move, and it's just like... They're not afraid to um, play it, I, I don't even want to call it more realistically, but more tragically in Britain yeah. when they do this type of storyline. And it's just impressive that they lasted this long. And so that's why a lot of people were hoping in that last episode something would change. Partially because in um, the future series, so Jim Strange, um, that's the person that yeah. she's set to marry, yeah. who kind of is an adversary, but um, like he's his boss in the future. In the in the episodes, it doesn't seem like Jim Strange is that guy, bad a guy. Like again, yeah, he, he even asked Morris to be his best man. Sure, it's just that they they kind of have a different viewpoint on how to tackle cases. Neither of them are evil, but later on in the in the next series, in Inspector Morse, um, Jim Strange's wife isn't necessarily like they don't have any sort of connection mm -hmm. him her and uh, endeavor so if they actually do get married joan and she ends up being the same character then it, it's like really sad yeah you know yeah so going into the third episode i saw it more like a better call saul situation where you knew that there were certain relationships that had to break because they were never mentioned again right and so not only the joan relationship but also the thursday relationship so what happens in that last episode uh one thing i should also mention is sam who is uh i think it's his name his first name i keep calling him by his last name but it's like frank thursday or something right yeah he his uh son ended up coming back in the so first you're talking episode. about fred thursday's fred son. thursday yeah he's had some trouble he's not really acting like himself and that gets very much explored in this finale so in the finale there's a string of deaths in oxford and all of the death's obituaries have some, uh, like, phrase in Latin on them. Mm -hmm. And uh, even Morse says in the episode, he's like, the killer wants us to know that he's smart. <laughs> Basically, he's like, he's taunting them. And uh, and as It's this... funny because the episode title was originally supposed to be called Epilogue, but then they went with the Latin term exunt, which is Latin for uh, they leave the stage. Yeah, no, because Epilogue wouldn't have really made a lot of sense because a lot of big things happen this episode. For example, we get Reginald right speaking to uh to not only thursday but also morris and i think even jim strange at one point where he kind of gives his final goodbye that happened like 30 minutes into the episode in fact i even have that as a highlight as one of my pros because even though i didn't see the whole series you could tell there was a lot of weight just behind that character leaving mm -hmm. um not only that we also get uh, Arthur, who I think must have been a character that was in earlier seasons, he's shown up because there is a biker, uh, part of a, a person who was part of a biker gang who was knifed in the in the heart and ended up dying. Yes. Um, and okay. apparently that has some association with Sam. Has kind of had some trouble this season. Well, Fred Thursday got mixed up in like a bunch of corrupt policemen throughout the series, and uh, he's kind of been because of his son blackmailed. That makes so much okay. more sense now because Fred says in the last episode he's like four years ago i tried to make a turn towards good and i wasn't really sure what exactly that meant mm -hmm. but um someone named charlie kind of uh, calls 
Fred up and is like, look, meet at this location and uh, we'll kind of talk to you about what's going on. And then Fred shows up and what do we know? But this is where we get uh, the revelation that Blenheim Vale was apparently... Blenheim. Blenheim Vale mm-hmm. was done by uh, by Arthur, the character that we kind of met earlier on in the episode. Yeah, there's was... like an excavation that happens and they find all these all the kids that you were talking about earlier and uh they're all dead obviously <laughs> yeah and so and it so, got it got surprisingly dark and morse even says to one of the people who must have something to do with the case that they're going to find this kid they really want to find this kid named peter williams and figure out why andrew lewis who again was the kid that was trying to look for his mom ended up who killed him why that was the case and and everything going well, on do i understand it correctly that morse keeps on attending all the funerals yes and that's how he's like tracking down exactly and what's that's, going on that's where well that's actually for the case by weeks line so he keeps on going to the funerals and sees that the flowers that are being delivered to them um keep on having uh messages ran on them in latin mm-hmm. so he goes to the flower place and so he makes like, the connection to the obituary and that's how it- and not only that when he's speaking to the morticians and the morticians are giving the death notice mm-hmm. the mortician's name is correct because they're interviewing him but apparently the place that the mortician worked the phone number is wrong and then when they reverse trace the phone number morse decides to go to the place where the phone number is coming from and it turns out that it's kind of an abandoned building only a janitor is working there being like yeah it turns out that no one's really been here for the longest time so this episode already in episode three i i felt like this was really entertaining to watch and it was the first endeavor episode where i wanted to see what happened next and like it really did hold my attention because i was like there's so many question marks as to what's going on we have the biker gang that was murdered we have uh the blenheim bale case or the blenheim bale case uh kind of uh getting more in depth with that storyline and also we have this weird mortician death storyline and so those were the three that we dealt with this episode so with the one case about the flowers and the mortician how that gets resolved is the flower place calls up calls up morrison is like we've gotten another one of these messages it's 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 written in latin like you might want to check this out because again it seems like these obituaries are being written before the kill before like the actual murders happen Mm -hmm. and uh and so it turns out that morse goes to this place he sees that one of the uh, professors that they talked to about one of the murders that happened earlier is now on kind of this hit list and he goes to the place that i went to before where uh trying to figure out what exactly was happening and it turns out that the murders that have continued to happen have been because of the janitor the janitor that spoke to him before the janitor attacks him and uh they stop the janitor from killing him one thing I will say about Brent and television series is that at least when it comes to the action, especially in Endeavor, they are always incredibly short. Like, they're only, like, 30 seconds, <laughs> like, these fight scenes, where at least in America, you know, you would probably get, like, three-minute, like, action scenes or things like that. But they stopped the janitor, and it turned out that the janitor was a, like, alt-right nut. Because apparently he was mad at all these professors for, mm-hmm. like, always, like, uh, being part of these really liberal policies okay. and just wanting to kill them. <laughs> Interesting. So so that was how the one storyline gets replaced. And then uh, and then when it comes to the Blenheim Vale case, mm-hmm. uh, on the day of the wedding, um, even though Morse is the best man, he decides not to show up. I'm guessing that either Arthur called Thursday and was like, hey, I need you to show up to this abandoned uh, orphanage because uh, that's where they found a body in the second episode or something. But it turns out that Morse is going to be the one that shows up. Thursday just decided to attend his daughter's wedding and Morse gives his like ring to someone else that's going to the wedding as well. And as Morse uh, talks to Arthur, we learn that Arthur... It's not his ring, but yeah. 
Yeah, no, I'm talking about for Jim Strange, because he's the best man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Arthur decides to, I uh, guess, kind of spill everything to Morse when Morse is asking all these questions. It turns out that Arthur killed Andrew Lewis because he didn't want uh, the kid to be talking too much about the mom, who he also killed. Uh, and then Peter Williams, how that factors in is that uh, he was this kid that was kind of taken away. And Morse kept on thinking throughout the episode that he was dead. But really what ended up happening was this little baby, uh, Arthur, decided to give to another family that was like um that just wanted a kid and then peter williams ended up being the same the biker that died that had a knife in his chest so that's the reason why arthur initially came down from wherever he did because he wanted to make sure that everything was still okay but he decides he has money that i think belongs to thursday so he gives it to morse but then what do you know it turns out that arthur has hired some hitman and uh, the hitman like kind of come out they start beating up morse and then randomly the biker gang shows up because they've learned either that from morse or they've just figured it out that arthur was the one to kill one of their members so arthur's fate is kind of left unresolved but uh but morse takes the money and decides to go to the wedding and the final 30 minutes of endeavor were actually kind of uh sad that's where the tragedy that you're talking about comes into play he shows up at the wedding he speaks to joanne and uh and he kind of professes his love for her he's like you know what i loved you ever since like the first minute i saw you all this stuff but it's too late now and then joanne is like no it's not and they kiss mm-hmm. at the wedding and yep. i was like what? I was like, what? So you were tricked by that. Yes, because then it ends up being one of those rewind moments. It's actually like um, still at a point in the conversation that was earlier. A daydreaming uh, sequence. I think the reason why I was so tricked by it is because Endeavor hasn't done anything like that ever. I think it was like a little bit of fan service, but at the same same time, fan service without actually... like destroying the plot of yeah. the show or destroying like the theme of the show yeah and it only lasted like 30 seconds so joanne and jim strange they head into their car and it turns out that morris is pretty sad but one thing <laughs> you that, think one, well it, <laughs> he it, just it, lost like the love of his uh i guess series <laughs> it gets even yeah. worse though because when morris uh earlier on the episode was checking on the place with the uh biker who died yeah. he found a pin and that pin belonged to fred so he so fred is like moving out of his place there's even this short scene with his wife where they're kind of crying about how they're having to leave i assume that's the house that they've been at throughout the whole entire series and while fred and morse are having this conversation morse basically confronts him and is like i found this pin at the spot with the biker gang after telling him all the stuff that happened with arthur what exactly went on here and uh and what happened was sam was dealing he was like uh buying drugs one of the bikers again by the name of kenneth uh he ended up getting really mad that uh that he was dealing on his turf or the biker's turf and was about to stab uh sam because he was like really confronting him and really angry and then uh fred shows up kind of out of nowhere and decides to knife uh, knife the biker gang yeah and so morse is like you know what i think the guy's name is tomahawk right or yeah something? tomahawk yeah. that was his that was the biker's name again peter williams or kenneth as i think the parents that he but but morse doesn't to. tell doesn't tell fred thursday that it was peter williams because peter williams was a kid that they were looking for for a really long time yeah i know i'm just saying that that was the same character sure but i'm trying to explain why like the rupture in their relationship was so hard that he wouldn't ever talk about fred later on in the series that's what they were really trying to get across yeah well killing fred 
they were going to make it so that Morse wouldn't would a keep a secret, but also um, just not refer to his old colleague. Well, also I think that Morse and Fred, like even Morse says when he pulls out the pins, uh, that he would have like led uh, Fred into battle. Like their friendship has been really uniform in like all of the series, yeah. uh, and and so it was. But so this is a hurtful. Thing. So this was very yeah. This uh, is very sad. The, the other thing is like is Morse still an alcoholic at this point? Because in the first episode, if he's an alcoholic, then you'd think that that would be. I like, mean, he does drink beer somewhat but i mean i you know i don't think it was really that big a part of the series um so sam is like you know what this or sorry sam morse is like uh, this biker gang it's going to continually come after you you have to take sam your wife and yourself and you have to leave and morse even gives him the money that uh that arthur showed up with that apparently was thursdays and there was a very sad scene where i think they're outside of an airport even though i didn't see any airplanes or anything Wherever they're going, it's the last time we're going to see Morse and Fred because they kind of have one of those handshakes. Together. Fred Fred calls him Endeavor and Morse says something like just Morse will do. And mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be like a sign of like him kind of forgiving him or if that was a sign of him kind of still being hurt by what was I happening. I think it's more a sign of him moving on from his Endeavor, like his first name, into the next show. Because right. the next scene you see is supposed to be something about a gun, right? Yeah, so Fred... Did you think... Okay, gives, yeah, yeah, no, let me... So Fred gives him a gun, Morse a gun, and uh, and we see him outside at church, Morse now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's looking at the gun, and I was like, there's no way they're going to kill him off. Like, they, like fuck off was basically my thought. I was like, writers, you're, you're not going to trick me with this. He puts the bullet in, and I was mm-hmm. like, you're still not going to trick... He closes the gun, and then I kept thinking to myself... Well, and I wasn't really thinking about the fact that it was a prequel, so I was like, Fred is gone. He's just lost the love of his life. Reginald Bright, a man who also he was kind of friends with, who was his boss, has left. He really doesn't have any reason to live. And then, bang. Yeah, also, I'll stop you right there. Spoiler for the Inspector Moore series, if anybody's unaware. So just pause it for, or skip like 30 seconds. But like they do kill off Inspector Morse in the last episode of that series. So it would have been kind of like, (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. In a different world, maybe like an alternative universe, they do the same thing with his younger self. Yeah, well, that was probably it was probably a reference to that. I think it was more part. him again giving up his perky personality <laughs> for his old grumpy personality. It's not, but it's not like Morse this season has been this like really happy person. Exactly, sure. because the- it's been nine seasons worth of it, and this is the season where he's finally showing that he's so close to the previous version of him, played by John Thaw. That, uh, that that's what they were going with. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I, anyways, you see these pigeons fly, and I was like, oh, is he actually is he actually dead? No, it turns out that the next scene he's So what this, do you think happened? Uh, I think that he probably just shot the sky for some reason people or something. Were, people were making guesses, like, A, it was symbolic, like, okay, he's killed off his Endeavor person. I think it was, I think it's almost like that, where it's like Fight Club. In people that have sense. also mentioned uh, several other theories, like, uh... <laughs> One being Russian roulette, where he was in such a dark place at that time, he decided like, okay, I'm gonna shoot one at the ground, shoot one at my head, like that type oh, of thing. Oh, okay, because I was gonna say that's probably yeah, the most he- reasonable. You hear the bang, yeah. So yeah, okay. and the, or the third one is that he actually did shoot himself and then needed plastic surgery, and that's why he looks different <laughs> in the later series. But I mean, that's obviously wrong because we'd still see him in the next scene. <laughs> yeah, the next scene. Well, that was actually one of my questions. It only makes sense now that there's a sequel series to it, but I was wondering maybe the gun scene could have happened after this scene because, mm. um, and they were just showing you another scene with Morse because he's at this choir thing that he was talking about that he needed to go to in the episode. Yeah. He's singing with the choir. I'm going to talk a lot about the trivia of this episode at the end, but I'll say that for the song that they were singing, it's the same song that they were using 
confusing. In the first episode when he was introduced, oh, so Gabriel Foire, the French composer who wrote Requiem in 1900. So and if, oh, yeah, he listens to Requiem earlier on in this, this episode as well. Like, But I also remember, yeah, that was the beginning scene of the first episode. Everything connects. Yeah, yep. and so he goes up to the orchestra conductor, or the, the choir conductor, and he's like, is that it? And the choir conductor is like, yep, that's it. And he basically drives into the sunset, and that was the end of Endeavor. I did not expect... Now, you're skipping over the part where he drives into the sunset in his black Jaguar, and he yeah. passes the red Jaguar coming in with the other version of him going the other way that but was, you wouldn't that understand was, yeah it. i was yeah. like wow okay I, so I you see the eyeballs of the uh, of endeavor yes okay so that makes that's, more sense i saw the eyeballs and i was like i know that's supposed to be endeavor i know that's supposed to be morse but he looks so much older yeah morse was the <laughs> other one driving in yeah yeah okay all okay. right yeah but i i did not expect the third episode to be as good as it was i was just thinking oh you know it might have a couple good parts here and there but really around the time i'd say after the first 30 minutes when you get reginald bright's uh, final scene that's when the episode really picked up and i really really enjoyed the third episode and i'll give my ratings really fast for all three episodes before i talk about more episode one i don't think it passes it was pretty boring it was just about the violinist and again pretty standard episode i'd give it like a five out of ten episode two i like the clockwork orange uh, characters and i like the fact that it was the uh, main actor in the television series i found it funny as well i'd give it an eight out of ten in that episode three I give like a 9 out of 10 possibly even higher which is why I never thought I'd say this but season 9 of Endeavor I'm going to give like an 8 out of 10 to it has a 9.1 on IMDb so people agree with you it also had very positive reviews from The Guardian Den of Geek Telegraph 4 out of 5 um and then, yeah, I can jump into trivia, but there, do you want to address anything else? Uh, no, that's basically all I had. All right. I mean, oh, I will say this, except for possibly the exception of Sam, I never felt like any of the characters were, were like, annoying. I, I, whenever a character showed up, even though there could be dry parts and there could be scenes where it was just a lot of talking, I never was annoyed and was like, oh, can we just get done with this scene, which is not something you can say for a lot of different shows. Okay. You know, yeah. Yeah, so for trivia on the last episode, there were some a lot of Easter eggs, but one of the big ones was that uh, Andrew Lewis, the one who died, right? Yeah. Who was killed by Arthur. Um, his He was a relative of a police cadet whose name is Robert Lewis. They said that in the show, and that is Lewis as in the Lewis that Morse would end up being teamed up with who got his own spinoff series. Oh, okay. So that was the connection there. Um, Colin Dexter makes his last appearance in the episode, like I mentioned earlier, in a poster advertising Dexter's satchels that appears on the wall in the Bridges uh, men's footwear department. Um, <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking I, about? I, I don't okay. know. Okay, <laughs> all right. Um, and then I already talked about Requiem. Director Kate Saxon directed the prior two season finales and also returned to do this one, cool. apart from Sean Evans himself, who directed an episode this season. Yeah, I saw a picture of him right next to the <laughs> camera when I was uh, doing research for uh, for just kind of the show itself, just to get some names and stuff. And so I was pretty sure he directed in total. In total, he directed four episodes throughout the entire series and making him the most like used director um but she made the second most used wait director. so he made the most episodes he made the most direction episodes, uh, the, like yeah, doing the directing uh, yeah. of those episodes and then as a weird tidbit kate saxon is known for her work on video games far cry 3 fable 3 witcher 3 <laughs> bond All bloodstone <laughs> 3 no um it's just bond bloodstone and uh yeah. Uh, oh, uh, actor Sean Evans also finished his run as Endeavor Morris at age 43. 
and John Thaw began began his turn at Morse at age 44. Oh, cool. Isn't okay. that? Yeah, it's cool. So, yeah. And then is Rocketman in this episode? Yeah, they, they do have uh, actually some pretty famous songs for the finale. But yeah, Rocketman is Is it is it a version of Rocketman that's or- orchestral or is it like an actual? I think it's not. I think it's the actual version. Oh, it's just version. the actual version. Yeah. Okay. The only complaint that I, I feel like actually resonated was the one about Joanne and, uh, Joanne and Jim. Um, I feel like if you were watching this will they won't they after so long and then you know what happens to those characters and you know that in the next series they have no relationship mm-hmm. it, that would be so hard. like imagine yeah, again the Pam and Jim if they had never gone together in the office but they always had that undercurrent and her and Roy in like the next series like she didn't hate uh, Jim but like they had no connection well, with it. it's I, just so weird I felt like it was it was more real in that sense and I think that if Sean Evans really showed the power of his acting in the scene it's the scene where they where you see that that was just kind of a dream because he like he did a really good job he's like even somewhat crying but he's having to hold back and he's also speaking to Jim it was just yeah I think that when it came to my favorite part of probably the whole season it was probably that scene right I there. think it was the favorite not the scene but the wedding all together was probably the favorite of everybody because it was the first time they had all the cast in all nine seasons together because it, it well that's, they separate usually yeah that's what the show i mean this whole entire season was building towards it was the undercurrent really for this series again i did not expect to enjoy it as much as i did mostly because again i wasn't a big fan of the first season but season i have endeavor was pretty good and i i might even go back sometime probably sometime way in the future to watch uh the rest of the series i don't know all right we'll leave it there thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode hope you enjoyed this one bye Bye.